Avengers! Get to sync. Mm -hmm. Okay, three, two, one. Nice. Okay. Um, this is for the twelfth. Twelve, twelve. Ooh, cool. Okay. Um, Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Excelsior, the world's number one Marvel's Avengers podcast. I'm your director, Christian Buckley, joined, as always, by the Apex legend, Jack Martin. Excelsior, Christian. Bit of a boring week for Marvel, though. Yeah. Not a lot going on. You know, we're, it's the culmination of all these slow weeks, you know? Yeah. We might have to dip into some DC stuff. We might. We just might. <laughs> uh, how you doing, Jack? I'm doing good. We are... It is quite the opposite of what we just said. We are brimming with Marvel news. And mm -hmm. from the game to the MCU to the whole bunch of stuff. So it is quite the exciting time to be a Marvel fan. Yeah, or a but... Disney fan, <laughs> honestly. Uh huh. Yeah, it's a beefy episode for sure. We are going to touch on Kate Bishop. We're going to do spoiler-free impressions and then spoil every single piece of lore we got out of her campaign. And of course, once we wrap the Kate talk, we will talk about our takes on the MCU slate that was just revealed at the Disney Investor Meeting this past week. So if you're interested in that, if you're hanging around from season one of Excelsior, be sure to stick around for the MCU talk. But first, let's dive into Fury's report. Let's do it. Like Jack led with, I will lead with the boring things, priority missions. Uh, we have In Honor's Name as the low power level and Agony at the Ant Hill. Excuse me, Agony and the Ant Hill as the high power level. Um, if you do a harm room, you'll get Iron Man Enter the Mandarin from 2007, issue number six. And yeah, that's that's the boring update. That's the stuff that you're probably going to do without realizing you did it if you play the game this week. Yeah. So I, I never pay attention to this. <laughs> Yeah, here's the funny thing. I played yesterday, and I did the low-power level priority mission for the week without even realizing it. Yeah, I think that's very feasible to just be like, oh, I guess I did that. Yeah, because, you know, I'm leveling Kate. I saw one that's, like, close to what her power level is. I was like, oh, I'll do this one. <laughs> that That's exactly how I choose them. I'm like, is this, like, I want, like, a plus 5, maybe plus 10 to, like, get some good gear going. Right. So I always just look for that. I never actually look at the mission itself. <laughs> um, yeah, so there is exciting content in the game this week for anybody who owns it because Kate Bishop, the first post-launch hero, Hawkeye herself, is in the game. Um, we're Again, we're going to start spoiler-free. So, Jack, I guess two questions. First, about how long did it take you to get through Kate's mission and what is your one sentence review of kate for those who haven't played it yet so it took me almost exactly three hours to get through mm -hmm. 
Um, I didn't really dilly-dally. I did her harm room, and then I did, like, her quest line and okay. got to the end of it. Um, there's a to-be-continued at the very end. That's that's where I, like, stop the clock, essentially, in my head. Sure. Uh, for a one-sentence review, I would say it's good, it's fun, it does not save the game in any way, shape, or form. But it's good. Sure. Um, I took slightly longer. I did a. I streamed my whole playthrough of her operation, which uh, is archived twitch.tv slash Chris M. Buckley. But it took me a little longer. I don't think I was taking my time really. Um, you know, I was like walking around. If there were some chests, I was cracking the chests. But yeah, it took me about four hours uh, to do her harm room, her priority, or her campaign missions. And I stopped after the final cutscene played. Um, there is an iconic quest line for Kate that I haven't done yet. I think it's called like enter eight, enter Kate Bishop. Mm -hmm. Um, that is still on my objectives tab, but overall I was really excited for Kate. I had high hopes. I was a little worried. I think they made her incredibly fun to play. One of my favorite playing characters in the game, like period. And while I'm with Jack, I don't think it answers all the issues the game has still i think it's a great sign of things to come and it's very very fun and if anything it's going to get me playing the game a fair amount over the next couple weeks to get her to level cap so yeah um i actually did do the iconic quest line that you mentioned okay it isn't like more story or anything it's just sort of get x amount of kills with this ability do this amount of damage and then you get a skin um once you do it wait so I did that. Um, I actually jumped in after, and I was going to ask you this. Did you jump in after you beat it, like, the day or a couple days after? Because I jumped in uh, yesterday and today, and I was doing some challenge card challenges and just kind of messing around. And I honestly enjoyed it more those days than I did the time playing it because I got to get a better feel for Kate. Sure, yeah. I played a little bit yesterday and that was i think the only other time i played this week outside of the initial four hour session but yeah so her first skill tree for me is fully upgraded um i'm chipping away at her primary stuff now i think she's a level 33 for me and her power is probably around like the 60s currently mm -hmm. so um yeah i i've had a lot more fun as i peel back the layers you know because if anything, I will say Crystal, they really nail making the characters fun and engaging and honestly having options because we saw this with the main game, right? Like Thor, you could just have him be a tank or you could actually have him sort of play a healer. And I haven't gotten to that mastery tab yet for Kate's skills, but yeah, definitely. As I've unlocked more, I'm having more and more fun, you know, like there's a combo that I'm able to do now that I really love where I, I think it's if you hold triangle after you do a signature move, she'll shoot an explosive arrow at a target and then you can trigger the explosive arrow. That'll get them knocked up in the air. And if you're fast enough with your manual drawing on the bow, you can like juggle them in the air. It's so much fun. Yeah. I managed to accidentally do that and I couldn't replicate that. Mm -hmm. So I guess, okay. So now you describe that. I'm going to go back in and try that. Mm -hmm. But um, I am a level 50 with her. Nice. And I think I'm around power level 60 mm -hmm. um she is really fun to play the my 
biggest critique with her is her teleportation. I feel like it's it's good to move vertically with her, but horizontally you barely move, which is like a huge gripe of mine. Mm-hmm. I wish like traversing the open environments, I wish they made it um I wish you were just able to go further with her teleportation cuz it would make traveling the environments more fun. Mm-hmm. You can like hit X twice if you're near like a ledge to like boost toward that mm-hmm. instead of using your intrinsic ability to teleport, but it, that itself just isn't super fun. But the way she plays, I really enjoy. I've actually enjoyed her more as a melee character, which I wasn't anticipating to play her as. I wanted to play her ranged, but I really like her sword uh, attacks but that said she's she's also like very balanced like, yeah you can definitely play her as a range character if you want so yeah all in all i think she's she's fun to play yeah i'll i'll throw this in there too in terms of the platforming i guess the only issue i ever had really i think was mainly in the harm rooms just because there are so many varying levels of height for platforming um it felt like her standard you know how like a widow has the grapple to like mm-hmm. hit x to go to a ledge it felt like that for Kate was a little spotty for me um, and just inconsistent. But yeah, now that I think of it, I feel like it would be an easy fix just to like allow, depending on your intrinsic meter, maybe how long you hold circle will affect the distance you travel when you teleport or something. That'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be very nice. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I agree. She's a great character. She's very fun to play. Um, I will say also, if you were thinking about selling the game or like trading it up or something, I would play this if you haven't gotten rid of it yet. Because while I agree with Jack that it doesn't fix the game, I do think at the very least, it makes me hopeful for every other hero that's coming. So definitely worth it for that. But why don't we... Do you... Oh, go ahead. I was going to I was gonna ask, unless you have a better segment i was i was gonna ask about ashley birch sure i'll talk about her yeah sure because i was about to go into story so i, I thought ashley did sure. a great job i thought i already like her like i like most of the characters i've seen her play but she fit in well with the cast i thought she had like a real heart to her the way that i felt kamala did and seeing her play off of tony and cap especially her scene with cap i really enjoyed but she did a great job i thought yeah, and maybe it's because I haven't seen her in a live action or game or performance role. I've only read her. I was so convinced by Kate Bishop in this game, by the acting done by Ashley Birch, where I was like, wow, this is on par with Sandra Saad as uh, Kamala Khan. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like the other characters, I feel like, are serviceable, and they're not bad by any means. Um, but you do get the idea that... like it's it i guess it's easy to compare them with other people who've played them before and they're just not as good um but man i really think kate bishop is such a likable and fun character in this and she's played so well by ashley birch and i was i i loved playing as her just to hear her speak honestly yeah because there's like an earnestness to the way she plays kate i think that any other person or maybe not any other person, but I do think it would have been easy to make her with the way she's written be like annoying, you know, but yeah, I I think there's a heart to her that I I really thought she delivered very well on that front. Definitely. I agree. uh, Why don't we talk about the story then? So yeah, spoilers on the table. We kick off 
Tony Stark, for some reason, we got to play Iron Man. He's going to raid a base. And Works for me. <laughs> yeah, it worked for you. My an Iron Man main. My Iron Man was a level 11, power level 30. <laughs> I was wondering about that when I was playing this, because I just jumped in as Iron Man, like, not even thinking about it. And I was like, man, I wonder, like, what would happen if someone jump it, jumps in as Captain America. But I guess you're forced to play as Iron Man. Yeah, you have to. You have to play Iron Man. But Iron Man is leading his team to raid an aim base. They get a call on the way from some woman. She seems like she knows who they are. Um, we get through the base. We get to, like, the last level of a hive, essentially. And Kate's there. We get a cutscene, introduces Kate. I fully thought right here we were going to pick up and play as her. But um, that was not the case. We had to finish the mission as Tony. And then uh, after that, we all go back to Substation Zero and kick off with Kate. She's looking for Hawkeye because the two of them, after A-Day, were looking for Nick Fury. Uh, they both got captured. Kate got away. And ever since, she's been trying to hunt uh, Clint down. So that's basically the setup. We get a little bit of lore about the universe post-A-Day, but that's the gist of what the effects of A-Day and the Avengers base story has had on Kate. Mm -hmm. And I think she was 19 during the events of like A-Day around that time. And I think it, so it's five years later. So she'd be 24 at this point. Right. So uh, did you like her introduction? Cause I, I really did. I loved how she played off the Avengers so far. Yeah, um, I, I liked her back and forth with Tony, mm -hmm. how he was like picturing her as such like a young kid. And she was like, dude, I was 19. Yeah. Like that, I wasn't that young. Uh -huh. And and now she's this still this confident uh, mid 20s woman. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I thought she was great. Like she really held her own against the Avengers. And you get like this slight tension between them. Um, I think it has to do with like being like, that five years apart I mean like what were you guys doing um but i guess she she also understands that um but yeah it was i i really like seeing her uh with maria hill and sort of she's she just kind of owned that space in that one cutscene, mm -hmm. which i appreciated yeah i agree um and then from there we get into you know the standard sort of campaign missions go here do the thing do the objective um I, I don't think there were any objectives that were brand new. Uh, I will say some of the framing of certain objectives were unique, like specifically the shield vault. You know, the layout of that vault was very different compared yeah, to the ones I played. Instead of horizontal. Mm -hmm. So it, it was nice to see that be a little bit of a change up since that felt like, from memory, it felt like that might have been the lengthiest mission in her campaign yeah um even still though i was like all right <laughs> they changed it up a little bit mm -hmm. it's for me i got to that point and i was like i'm honestly kind of annoyed that it's not the regular layout because <laughs> now i don't know which where one two three or four are yeah that took me a minute when i got in there i had to be like wait okay so <laughs> the top level yeah, I guess. that's that's my biggest gripe is that like the, the story itself i thought was good enough but doing all the action throughout it i was like okay we're just kind of doing the same stuff sure see where i think it didn't hit me that way as much is because i was just having a blast playing kate because i love archers in games in any game you know like 
Ghost of Tsushima Legends, I was the archer. I just love that class so much. So yeah. I was having a blast with Kate. And again, like the dialogue, the story, it was all working for me really well to the point where them changing up just enough, just like slightly, I didn't mind to the point where I was having a good time with it. What I'm worried about now is if the story and campaign missions for the next couple of heroes are going to be a lot of what we've played before in terms of go here, do this thing. I'm more worried about the Clint expansion, and we can talk about that a little more later, but considering he's assumingly going to play very similarly, I might be a little less forgiving if the moment-to-moment gameplay is repetitious again, you know? Yeah, I can almost guarantee that the at least for the next couple of DLC drops for character drops, it will be like that. Um, I think they're probably modeled around similar ways to get you to play them, but mm-hmm. maybe like a year out from now, <laughs> I keep saying a year out from now, a year out from now, we get that Crystal's being like, okay, we get that this game is repetitious. We're going to change it up pretty much completely for the newer characters, mm-hmm. but that will we'll have to see about that one. Yeah, so, um, other than that, I thought the campaign was paced well, at least, like, nothing felt like it dragged on too long to me, um, it was, again, things we've played before, but at the rate at which we got new cutscenes, the rate at which they were changing up the types of objectives, it wasn't, it really didn't bother me much, because I don't think anything here overstayed its welcome, and I'm honestly really surprised at how media was because i really at the end of last week's episode we were both talking about like hey expectations i was expecting this to be like maybe an hour like that's the level i was trying getting like preparing myself for but i thought all three hours all three to four hours were used very well yeah i i'm with you i think i was in the boat of somewhere around like one to two hours and me personally i got an extra hour that i wasn't expecting and it was good. Like it was, I agree with you. I think it was well paced. Um, I ran into some technical issues in terms of frame rates, mm-hmm. specifically around the end fight. Uh, I'm playing oh, on a base PS4, and it was not good. <laughs> oh, you also encountered that? Yeah, on I'm, PS4 Pro. I'm on a PS4 Pro. I also was. It might have been like 15 frames in that final fight. It was rough. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm with you. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, I. I think that's just the game in general. I don't think it's this DLC in particular. I think that's just how the game runs at certain points, mm-hmm. and it was chugging real hard. Um, but other than that, yeah, like I think we came in with lowered expectations, and like I, it met my expectations, like, and maybe even surpassed them slightly. Like I enjoyed what I saw, and I'm especially excited now for the continuation of the game. For sure. And the story, I thought, goes interesting places, right? Because, like, the Avengers and Kate, they team up. They capture the scientist um, that's working for AIM. Uh, Kate has a lot of opportunity to take the spotlight, you know, uh, with her personality and her skills because she has a private eye. Um, I I like, as we go on, and, like, we don't get to play with all the Avengers in the main story. Like, I don't think she ever talks to Thor or, like, hulk at all but like i liked seeing her stand at the war table and have a bit of a dialogue with kamala i liked again that scene with her and cap where cap's like hey 
I should have made you an Avenger a long time ago. <laughs> like, I really liked that back and forth a lot. But where we go main story-wise, you know, like with Monica and time travel stuff, Clint, what what did you think of all that stuff? I'm still not really sold on Monica as the continuing overarching villain mm-hmm. of this whole game. Um, I could care less, honestly. Uh, or couldn't care less, rather. Um, but with Hawkeye in particular, I really liked the, like what you were mentioning, the Nick Fury um, story beats where, should we get into the past? Do you want to, or get into the uh, the future discussion? Do you want to save that a little bit? Or do you want to just dive in? Uh, we can dive in, you know, because the way the campaign is framed is that we come across Hawkeye. Um, the team is like, hey, we're going to do a time heist. We're going to go back in time an hour before, I think they said a day, but they ended up going an hour back before mm-hmm. when we see Hawkeye in the campaign so we can prevent him from time traveling to the future and stop Monica's weird plot about developing the super weapon. And we eventually, we get Hawkeye. We go back in time. We run the same mission again, essentially, uh, but from the inside of the station. And we meet Hawkeye. He teams up with us. That made me really excited because there's a gameplay sequence where it's you, your three teammates, and also Hawkeye. I did not expect that. Yeah, that makes me excited, Jack, because <laughs> maybe one day we get a full six. Maybe one day we get a, a raid that lets six players work together. Uh, yeah, I hope so. So, uh, But yeah, all that stuff with Hawkeye was really cool. Eventually, we end up to the point where Clint is saying, hey, me and Fury were kind of working with her out of a a mutual gain of defending the earth from a big threat in the future. We see that vision. It's the Sentinels from the, the Kree that we fought at the end of the main game. So in terms of the future, we are looking towards an interesting place to get to so far. Yeah. I did not anticipate or expect that to be the story of this. Yeah. And I was pleasantly surprised. Like I think it, it's interesting because I did not expect Hawkeye to be like jumping to the future to do this like very grandiose, important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have Nick Fury involved too is exciting because we can expect to see him at some point. Um, but I think it leaves off in a really interesting situation and it makes me excited to see how they tackle that because that seems like it's going to be the basis for everything else to come. Yeah, I, I think... So you're talking about then when everything's solved, we're all hanging out on the helicarrier. Hawkeye's there as well. Both Hawkeyes are hanging out. And then Clint passes out, and then we cut to black, and then he's in the Hawkeye apartment in a time coma? Yeah. I actually don't know if I saw the apartment bit. Or not apartment, like the the helicarrier chamber like the Ah, room yep gotcha yeah sorry yeah yeah yeah. he yeah i don't i don't know the the rationale of why he passed out um but he he had just explained like the kree like basically destroyed the earth so uh monica like went forward like present monica went to the future to future monica to get this weapon that was being developed bring it back to the present continue developing developing it to be ready for the future 
and uh, Hawkeye was involved in that. And basically, he like comes back and like warns the Avengers. And Cap is like, "All right, then we have to be ready." Mm-hmm. And that's like the basis for going forward now. Yeah, I if I had to guess, I would assume that that's a year two like the the beginning of year two is the resolution of this i would assume Mm -hmm. so that's interesting because we know we get clint we get black panther playstation will get spider-man presumably captain marvel will show up at some point and then there's a couple others that you could probably release before september 2021 or whenever they plan this sequence to end but yeah, it caught me off guard, like you said. I didn't think we were going to get grand scheme stuff in this expansion. But it, it's nice because it does give us something to build towards, you know? Yeah. It seems like they're going to build the Avengers to tackle this threat. And then they're just going to have all those Avengers for the future. Like what you said, if this is like, once this ends, there's another threat. They just already have them assembled. So they can just, they're ready to go. Exactly, yeah. And then... As time goes on, maybe the big threat like this will continue to escalate to the point where it's like, oh, we still got to keep building the team, you know, because there was a lot of heroes on that leaked document. So, yeah, um, I I doubt we get all of them by the time we have to fight the Kree, but it's definitely interesting. It's a I'm glad we have something to build towards at the end of the day. Yeah, I honestly was just ready to be like, all right, that was a very contained story. Um, And I was. I was ready to be like content with that, but this is a very much like the to be continued is a very big to be continued. Like this is clearly setting up or hopefully at least setting up like the next probably year or so of, of content. You would assume. Yeah. And I did not anticipate that. Uh, more directly though, it will be continued in the Clint Barton Hawkeye expansion that presumably I think you and I are on the same page where we are hoping it's early Jan or maybe late January, early 2021. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you think we're going to pick up? Because Hawkeye's in a coma. To me, I read it as it's a consequence of his time travel because he's got like a weird glitch going over his body and he has hair now in his bed. So like, I don't know if it's like a age acceleration thing that's hitting him because of jumping back and forth through time but i yeah i thought that too i thought going through time like messed him up and i think it'll the game will probably pick up with him waking up being like i have to like go back to the future with marty mcfly mm-hmm. um because like something was messed up so he has to go back there and try to fix it so he can be normal and I think that's maybe the premise for um, whoever the Professor Hulk guy is. I forget his name. Maestro, I believe. Yeah, I think that's probably the premise to get him to meet up with Maestro. You don't think it's going to be the Hawkeye in that bed wakes up like 100 years in the future? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like they're all dead. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's a safe bet. Because so, now we have presumably i don't think they got rid of it we have a time portal at the anthill right now yeah or near that's it. right there's like a, a, an offset lab or something for safety precautions but we have a we have a time portal so um do you think they're gonna lean on that i know we talked about that earlier uh during this my time with this game 
I was kind of, like when we were really diving in on the future stuff, I was like, man, you know what? It kind of might be cool if we do get like a season dedicated to uh, like Marvel zombies we tossed around here and there. But I, I do think it would be fun if we did get into the multiverse and what if stuff sometimes, you know, not the big end game, you know, but maybe mm. maybe here or there. It seems like this is like pretty consequential. So like what I was saying earlier, I thought this would be more contained. So they would do the time travel stuff, fix whatever they needed to do and get out. Um, but it seems like that will almost certainly continue in the Hawkeye expansion. So I, I think we can expect to see more time travel stuff. Sure. So uh, let's pivot to this then. Um, based on Kate, based on the depth of this story the you know time you had playing as kate the things that you didn't get out of this game why don't we talk about our hopes for the future you know because again we've touched on it a little bit with clint being the immediate next step following kate but there will be other heroes you know crystal will continue to make changes and tweaks and grow the game in ways that will benefit the community based on their survey that's been going around. Um, there's a lot of work to still be done, but based on your experience this past week, where are you at right now with the future of Marvel's Avengers? So in terms of like me coming back to play this game, um, I'll probably get the challenge card fulfilled for Kate and maybe get her to 150. I think that probably goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. um, and then hopefully, like, I don't have to wait too long to get the Hawkeye content. Like, if it's just a few weeks, that's fine of me not playing. Because mm -hmm. I'll be probably done um, with Kate relatively soon. Um, but for the future itself, like, I'm, I'm more excited now after the Kate content than I was before. Um, I'm still nervous in a way, but I feel like this proved that, like, each DLC drop is substantial enough, and it seems like the story in each will be very consequential to the overall story. So I'm excited to just see how each character drop tackles that. Yeah, I think you and I are both on the same page where we think what the game did great was its story and its character relationships and just the world they're setting up. So... I do agree with you that I think for the DLC, for the expansions, it is substantial in what we both really like about what the game already does well, right? I think for those that are more concerned with content to play, you know, like the games as a service element of it, the, the Destiny, do your dailies and weeklies, running some dungeons and stuff like that, there's still a ways to go. Obviously, this did not add any new multiplayer content you know, there will be a multiplayer version of the Super Adaptoid fight, which um, I, I'm assuming will be harder because I kind of coasted through that fight in the, the single player, you know. Same. But, yeah, I think in terms of characters, in terms of the game mechanically and story-wise, I'm still excited. And I think we're in a really good spot. I have a lot less fear in my heart than I did these past few weeks when it looked really dark and you put it really well the past couple episodes like it seems like they're just heads down working on getting the content done 
getting it to a place that they're happy with that will service the community and from what i've seen from the impressions i've read from other people again i've been doing some scannings on the subreddit launch day it was like nothing but positivity everybody was stoked that kate was this much fun yeah yeah she's a really fun character and i think even if there are some misses with characters that don't play well there's already like a bunch of characters that do play well and some people are gonna like some some others aren't gonna like some characters but yeah i think k plays really well and like what you said i think we'll get some like interstitial multiplayer content hopefully soon Mm -hmm. probably not by the end of the year um but i think 20 early 2021 will start to look good for this game then hopefully by the summer it's it's found its groove yeah and i'll say this too i mentioned this briefly earlier like i am a little worried based on seeing what they added aside from kate in this expansion which wasn't much because the next expansion is another hawkeye you know and crystal's on record saying that they're going to be very similar but where they differ is with their heroics which i think is fine you know you're making two bow characters and the train he trained her you know so lore wise it makes sense i think where this game is at having two hawkeyes back to back when we're still hungry and looking forward to the future as long as the story is really fun and clint is as fun to play as kate is i won't mind i do think that there is not something that's a detractor but it's 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 a tougher sell maybe for the future when like your two characters you do back to back are very very similar you know but i do think like you said if we do get those multiplayer drops between now and clint if we get the uh, omega level super adaptoid this year and we get the cloning lab around clint i think that'll soften the blow of feeling like oh this is the same thing again just a different story you know yeah and i also think i would be very surprised if that happens again where like two similar characters drop like back to back yeah i think this is just like a a weird example hopefully so yeah hopefully we don't get that again yeah because based off of again the leaked sheets and even more recent links which we won't spoil but the character that has some voice clips going around right now um i would assume they're probably next you know (laughs) like definitely and i i I agree yeah and spider-man i think did they date spider-man for march or did they just say like spring i think it's more likely spring okay i don't know if they've given a solid solid date sure well yeah i can see this next character be very different from the two Hawkeyes and then Spider-Man drops on PlayStation maybe around then, maybe a little bit after. And, you know, we will work down that list. Crystal probably has a plan for who comes when. And I I think you're right. I wouldn't be, it is weird because they're leading with it, but I don't think this is a precedent, you know? Yeah, I agree. So Uh, do you have any other final thoughts on Kate's expansion story or content where we're going or hopes for the future before we dive into this mcu business not really i i think i was i came out of it today and yesterday more positively than i did when i finished it i remember i finished it and went to your twitch chat and i was like it's fine um and it is like fine um 
but I think playing her more and starting to understand her more, as I have with other characters, made me like playing her more. So I think overall, and with the story that I enjoyed, I came out of it fairly positively. Yeah, I'm right there with you. She's great, she's very fun to play, and it makes me happy that the game can continue to put quality out. So we'll see where we go with Hawkeye. We will cover that, of course, in the coming weeks. But uh, before we dive into the MCU thing, one last positive note. We're wrapping up the year. NPDs for November are out. And as of the November reporting, so we don't have December numbers yet. We're not going to have those until January. But it's looking pretty good, I think, for Marvel's Avengers. Marvel's Avengers is, as of November... The ninth best-selling game of 2020. Well done, well done. Yeah, still came came out at a loss, mm-hmm. which baffles me. I think I'm starting to understand that. I think it's the budget of this game was through the roof. Yeah, and no matter how well it sold, I don't think it really could have recouped that. Um, but I mean, it's top ten on MPD, so that is good in in one aspect. Yeah, you know, and I think. That just will support the community, you know. I don't think... Actually, no, this is accounting for Black Friday sales as well. So, yeah, the game, I think, has a a solid base. You know, it's just a matter of getting them to come back, which, based off of this, I think word of mouth will help Kate in this game for people who maybe fell off or whatever. But I know I have some friends that haven't played it much since it came out. But, like, after Kate, I'm going to tell them to get back in. Because I think that... Anybody who owns the game, it can't hurt. You know, it's free content. It's a new character. Yeah. I think you're right, too. Like, if a game like No Man's Sky launched in 2016, like, very in a very, very fragile state, and just last night from this recording date, it won Best Community Support, I think Marvel's Avengers, just off of the title alone, and like what you're saying, off of having a very good base, can hopefully managed to follow a similar trajectory where once it's in its groove by the end of year one sometime in year two new content's coming updates are regular and fans are pleased so i think it's something to be cautiously optimistic about agreed well uh speaking of cautious optimism let's talk about phase four of the mcu There's a lot of content that was revealed at the Disney Investor Meeting this past Thursday. Uh, I have the Marvel Studios Twitter page pulled up. We can just scroll through the announcements, talk about them here or there, see what catches our eye, you know. First up. Sure. December, sorry, January 15th, we are kicking off Phase 4 of the MCU with WandaVision, the hotly awaited show that... I have had faith for since the very start. I'm glad there's a new teaser out there. I know you didn't watch it, but it's very much going for the tone that I wanted them to go for. I assume it's similar to the other trailer that they released, where it's just like a a tone setter throughout all the various decades they go through. Um, But in terms of the premise, I'm super stoked for this. Mm -hmm. I have no clue what the story is, but I'm... I'm very interested in Wanda's powers and how she's manipulating reality, which is what seems like it's happening. And um, the fact that I think Kevin Feige described the Winter Soldier or Cap- uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier like this. Um, 
I would assume it's similar to the other shows that are happening, where it is a Marvel movie that is just being distributed across six hours as, like, a limited-time series. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it'll come with all the polish and stuff of a regular MCU production. Yeah, I can say clearly based on the trailer that I watched, um, I think that is accurate. Um, it, it very much is setting up mystery. I love Wanda. I think she's a great character, and I'm excited to see her get like a full-blown spotlight. I know we've dabbled with her and her struggles since Age of Ultron. We did a lot more in Civil War, but I'm super glad that she gets a spotlight like this, and it's going to be a weird one. It's going to be weird. I hope it's a little scary, but it's going to be super weird for sure. Yeah, and, and we read the uh, Tom King Vision uh, run, mm-hmm. and that was excellent, and I think, I think some aspects of that will be incorporated into this. Yeah, at least like tonally, even if it's superficial, mm-hmm. I think pulling from that comic aesthetically would do wonders for making this show stand apart. And considering it is the kickoff, essentially, of Phase 4, you know, we don't have Black Widow. This is hitting first. I, I think this is going to be very key to some of the other pieces of content we're talking about. But And yeah, and before we even get into the rest of the stuff... We were saying this on the original run of this podcast, Excelsior, mm-hmm. when we were doing the MCU stuff. We were thinking when they announced everything that phase four is going to be probably the weirdest phase of the MCU so far. Mm-hmm. And I think with all the other stuff that we're about to talk about, I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. Well, this one is a little less weird because mm-hmm. March 19th, honestly, this is probably right after WandaVision ends definitely falcon and the winter soldier hell yeah did you watch this trailer i did what do you think it looks great um i'm really interested to see anthony mackie take on that role Mm -hmm. and as captain america which i presume by the end of that he will um become captain america um it's the line it started off with was the legacy of that shield is complicated Mm mm-hmm and to me, I took that more as, maybe I was reading way too into it, but I took that more as Anthony Mackie as a black man taking the symbol of Captain America and, like, the maybe repercussions of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think if they tackle that, I don't know if they will. I think that would be super interesting because I remember at the end of Endgame, I was like, this is really important yeah. for a black man in today's America to take that shield. Yes, I agree. And I have like the line interested me because I think there's an opening. There's an easy way for them to follow up on that, because I think within the MCU and the role of Captain America and Steve Rogers, like he's already like gone against the u.s government a mm-hmm. lot you know <laughs> like oh yeah if like fairweather fans i hate when fairweather fans always take captain america and punisher and like change them into like blue lives matter stuff yeah. it's like you do not understand the characters no. like <laughs> that's not who, what they stand for yeah like I-, I think if we go from the root of the shield has a complicated history with just cap and you know like he's been wanted by the u.s government a lot uh he has disobeyed orders countless times um i I think 
it's it could be a very interesting show if they really try to redefine what the presence of Captain America is with Sam Wilson in that position, like you're saying. And based on what we know about the show of like the government saying, hey, we don't want you as Captain America. We want our guy that's like dollar store Steve Rogers. And yeah, white generic looking dude. Yeah, I really, really hope that what you're reading into here is the path they go on. I think on a meta level from interviews, I do think Anthony Mackie realizes like the relevance of him being Captain America. Um, he's had some very honest words about Marvel studio productions over the past year. Um, so hopefully considering I think shooting has happened after all of his comments, I, I really do hope that they lean into that and, recognize it and it's not just a surface level thing but yeah i i think even if they don't like specifically get into that um it will be there Mm -hmm. like i think even if they don't go into specifics um that that reading of it will be present i imagine yeah i i i would hope so but yeah regardless it looks awesome you know as somebody who loves cap the captain america movies are some of my favorites out of the mcu so seeing them sort of carry on that winter soldier vibe uh civil war to an extent is exciting and i hope they they nail it yeah this this definitely strikes me as a more grounded um mcu production and uh that's that's exciting yeah also i'm excited to see him and sebastian stan play off each other because they had a really nice back and forth in the scenes they did have together so far so seeing them team up yeah, is the be fun. the it was a lot more, you know, tension filled and I think civil war mm-hmm. and there's the one line in the trailer where they're sort of ribbing each other. Yeah. And I think by the end of it, they'll have like a very playful relationship, which I'm excited for. Mm-hmm. Speaking of being playful, May 2021, Loki. Hell yeah. Uh, this one looks funky. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because it is picking up the way a lot of us expected where it is Loki from the alternate timeline. It is Loki from Avengers Endgame New York, Battle of New York, that takes the Tesseract and then dips out. But he's, like, Owen Wilson is here, and, like, we're at some weird control, like a Remedies control vibe of a yeah. multiverse thing where it feels like... You know how the Watchers exist in the universe, and we, like... Mm-hmm got that little cameo with stan lee yes i think this series might go into that a little bit of like a hey we exist outside all realities and we're just like trying to correct some things like we're observing things like i could see a world where they use this to get loki back in like thor 4 or something i was gonna ask that if you think that would that would happen it's definitely possible i think so because it's very interesting because like why would they make this if if they didn't do that you know yeah because like i could see it be a way of like hey we wanted tom hiddleston to just have like his own spotlight as loki before we wrap things up with his story but the way it's such a drastic shift for him where he's like seeming like he has responsibilities i i think could have the character go through an interesting growth to not like get to the same place he is in ragnarok but like mimic that sort of taking on of responsibilities and caring about people you know right um 
I also got that impression from, we'll get to the uh, What If trailer momentarily, but um, the Watcher in that, who's voiced by, I think, Jeffrey Wright, mm-hmm. um, gave me some Twilight Zone vibes sure. with Rod, like Rod Sterling like sort of being like introducing each episode. Um, so yeah, I think they, they might play into like the weird sort of multiverse aspects of the Watchers, um, across Loki and what if. Yeah. So, um, I'm excited for Loki. I like Loki. So I hope that show is strong, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not like super hyped from it. When I saw it, I was like, that looks cool. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously I'll watch it cause it's Marvel. Um, but yeah, I'm excited that it's soon. I didn't realize it'd be May of next year. That's that's pretty quick. Yeah. Also, quick note, like what you were saying, like how um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is like right after WandaVision. Mm-hmm. It seems like Disney Plus is going to be flip-flopping shows like so that you basically have a show like each period. And then after one's done, another one picks up, which is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I think also because it's MCU, um, as far as I know, I don't think this they tweeted out during this thread, but Black Widow is still set to hit in May. So I could I think um, Falcon and Winter Soldier is probably going to run, and then a couple weeks later, Black Widow hits, and then we get Loki. Yeah. So, continuous Marvel content. Next up, like you said, What If is next up, summer 2021. This is the animated series that is tackling the MCU with a bunch of random scenarios. Like, what if T'Challa was Star-Lord? What if Peggy Carter was Captain America? And it is retaining a lot of the MCU cast reprising characters. Um, I'm excited for this. It seems cool. I like the animation style, you know? This might be the one that I'm most excited for, just because, like, there are no restrictions, it seems, with this. Mm -hmm. Because they can just delve into whatever they want to. Um, I think in particular the Peggy Carter aspect of it, of her essentially becoming Captain America instead of Steve, mm-hmm. and the um, Black Panther arc of him being picked up instead of Peter Quill. Yeah. And him going with uh, Hondu. Is that Yondu? Right? Yondu. Am I thinking of You're Star thinking Wars? You're thinking of Hondo, yeah. Um, I think those two in particular are super interesting, and I just want to see like what that even looks like. Because I, I didn't even, especially with Black Panther, that's not like a what-if scenario that I thought. <laughs> sure, yeah. Like, Peggy Carter makes sense, but Black Panther is just, like, way out of the realm of my thinking, and it seems super interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see the scope of this. I Honestly, I bet if it, I bet it's going to do well. I bet it's going to have a lot of, like, fan service, and I, I could see a season two happen eventually of, like, a bunch of other scenarios. Sure, definitely. What if... <laughs> What if Hugh Jackman's Wolverine was in the Avengers movie? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, July 9th, 2021. I'm stoked for this. We got Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, We got a cast announcement for the the full cast. Um, I think they just wrapped shooting of this, actually. This is going to be a great... (laughs) hopefully great choreographed movie Mm -hmm. and like with some very impressive um fighting Mm -hmm. yeah and i'm curious too i don't think they really dove into the story at all i do know it involves the true mandarin um so no trevor slattery no ben kingsley but 
Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd be surprised if he didn't have, like, a little cameo here or there. Maybe he, like, is in the post credit scene or something, but... Or he's, like, on the news getting arrested yeah. being like, oh, that's not the real one. Yeah. But... Um, I was thinking this when they announced this. I know they said Black Widow's gonna be in May. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more realistically, depending on how um, vaccine dis- distribution goes, this may be the first movie that you and I can safely see in theaters. I can tell you it's together. the first one that I will want to see in theater. Like, even if <laughs> things go, I'm probably going to wait, like, another month or two before I go to a movie theater again. Yeah, that's a that's fair. But, yeah, Shang-Chi, I cannot wait for this. I know it's going to be a great time. Uh, Simo Liu on Twitter is very, very funny. Uh, highly recommend following him. He has he tweets about, about Shang-Chi sometimes, you know? It's not a constant tweet storm, but I'm very much looking forward to this movie i hope it delivers and again it's really it's exciting to just get more mcu content that's like exploring different avenues that we haven't seen before yeah dude it seems so diverse and that's that's what i want from the mcu now like Mm -hmm. just give me some weird stuff and make it good Mm -hmm. so next up late 2021 on disney plus we are getting the ms marvel series we did get a video package out of this with a bunch of interviews from people like kevin feige others who are working on the show producers as well as the young woman who was cast as kamala khan um what do you think of this one this is also up there with being one of the most excited um i am about these announcements coming off the heels of marvel's avengers uh i think you and i both love um Kamala Khan, mm-hmm. and I keep having to think about the pronunciation because of our <laughs> vice president elect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm super excited, and it seems like the the actress they cast is very much in line with the character that I'm familiar with at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I I've been thinking about this. I really like when superhero mo- movies like skew younger um, with their cast. Like I just watched Shazam uh, in the DC realm, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it. Um, I think those stories are sort of intended for children. So when they cast younger people in those roles, um, just kind of works out usually. So yeah, this is super exciting. Um, and I think this is a really good way of getting that character out to an even wider audience than, uh, the game. Definitely. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, it's exciting. The video does talk about more like tonally what they're going for. It is, like you said, it's skewing younger. Um, they said it's going to be about her discovering who she is, about relationships and stuff like that. So it is going to appeal to a younger crowd. And I think similar to Spider-Verse, you know, it's, again, great representation. Um, going for a younger audience of people who don't see themselves typically, you know, like it, it's just it's going to be really good. And I, I have high hopes after the Avengers game, like you just said. So looking forward to this. That will be hitting late next year. Yeah, she's uh she's an important character, and this I think this will be a very important series. And they they it seems like they cast or they hired a lot of um, directors that can speak very well to her experience. So that is very exciting. Absolutely. Um, now I'm not seeing in this thread Eternals, but I believe Eternals is still slated to be fall 2021. That's right. Yeah, that's a weird omission in their uh, tweets, but. You're correct. I, I think that is at the end of the year. Okay. So as 2021 wraps up, we will be getting Eternals. But after that, um, hold on. I, 
some of the order here is weird because I don't think they tweeted about Doctor Strange in the timeline order. Um, yeah, that's weird. So once we wrap up 2021, March 25th, 2022, we will be getting Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Benedict Wong, Rachel McAdams, Chiwetel Ejiofor, uh, Zoquitl Gomez as America Chavez, who I believe is... Uh, oh, I, I know her name. I'm, I'm forgetting, but I will look it up. Uh, it is directed by Sam Raimi, and it ties into WandaVision and the next Spider-Man movie, which is also hitting next year. That's not on here either. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the their tweets were more focused on like the new announcements coming from um, Disney Investor Day. Sure. Um, so, But yeah, this they essentially just confirmed the cast and confirmed that it was going to tie into... Um, those particular projects yeah it's cool to see rachel mcgavins back i didn't expect her to come back same yeah or or um the dude from the end of the doctor strange um and credits yeah it was a uh, mondo right yeah i think i think so well um i guess it's hype that we're getting confirmation that it ties into wandavision and the next spider-man but considering i was incorrect and spider-man is the final movie of 2021 uh, do you want to touch on the Spider-Man news we've been getting? Yeah, dude. Um, so we talked about the clusterfuck of casting last week, yeah. and it even got more, uh, you know, sort of rumors slash not-so-rumors um, this week. Uh, so it looks like the two previous Spider-Man of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are likely to appear in this movie, along with um, Mary Jane and... Um, Gwen Stacy, played by Kirsten Dunst, and Emma Stone, respectively, as well as Alfred Molina, who is going to play Doc Ock, as well as Jamie Foxx, who is playing Electro, um, and also potentially Charlie Cox returning as Daredevil. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that movie. I'm nervous. And also, also Spider-Man's in that movie, <laughs> the one we know. Tom Holland is also makes an appearance. I'm nervous. Uh, we yep. talked about it last week of like, hey, like character growth for Tom Holland, Spider-Man still important. Um, I don't know because I saw somebody like I've seen a million theories over the last week because of this news. I saw someone say, considering that they've been shooting Spider-Man 3 for a while and they're saying Tobey Maguire's in final talks, that the roles are probably very, very minimal. They're probably inconsequential like there's a world where toby mcguire says no and that doesn't affect the movie you know yeah so it's interesting uh i saw somebody say that maybe this is going to be setting up a spider-verse movie not necessarily being a spider-verse movie which i could mm. i could believe um and sony just tackles that by themselves maybe yeah and maybe like tom holland shows up in there but sure yeah i think more than anything my biggest thing is I think it is goddamn hysterical that how many times, Jack, have we seen Sony try to set up a Sinister Six movie? At least three, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, at The Amazing Spider-Man 2, it's like a not-so-subtle, the dude walking by mm -hmm. and being like, oh, here's a Sinister Six. And they're, and yeah. Yep. 
and they're trying they tried to do it with vulture when he was talking to scorpion in prison they yep you would assume they were going to get there eventually with the sam raimi movies like i think it's so funny that they've tried so many times and they failed so many times and now they're at a point where they're like hey we can just make an in-universe reason so that the characters from all the attempts we've done for the sinister six can just be the sinister six yeah it's like we were saying last week it it really seems like this movie is being pulled by sony which is scary for the mcu um i was looking at kind of funny's reaction to the morbius trailer because we we talked about that movie briefly last week Mm -hmm. and man that like i do not like the idea of sony's like tangential universe in any way shape shape or form affecting the mcu um, and it seems like from the end of that trailer where uh, Vulture shows up, it seems like they are like tied together, which is awful. I hate that. <laughs> and uh, this movie being like on the cusp of um, the rights being owned by Sony, but the MCU like taking sort of creative decisions with it mm-hmm. uh, is scary. And I, I don't like how there's going to be a bunch of stuff shoehorned into this movie, it seems. Um, I, I hope it's like what you said where this maybe just sets up a Spider-Verse and this isn't itself a Spider-Verse movie and our Peter Parker and the MCU can just go along after this in the MCU um, and maybe the Spider-Verse is like a side quest on Sony's side. But yeah. yeah, hopefully it's like that. There's another world where I think ideally for me it would be, yeah, we get them all to hang out, we take care of whatever has to be taken care of in this movie and then Tom Holland's Spider-Man gets his new trilogy in college living in Manhattan and is like the Spider-Man that all the people that hate Tom Holland want him to be, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. And then I think if it, if it all goes well, maybe Andrew Garfield is the existing Spider-Man for the Sony verse, you know? So like Venom two, you need a Spider-Man in there. It's Andrew maybe like, because as far as I know, I think Andrew Garfield was very enthusiastic about Spider-Man and wanted to keep playing him. I think he was almost going to be in the MCU when there was those like Sony emails that leaked. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, things went very bad in a meeting at one point after Amazing Spider-Man 2, and that's why he left. So if the contract is good enough, if the reception is good enough, I could see a world where this gets him to renegotiate with Sony to be maybe not headlining Spider-Man movies, but he's the one that shows up in all their villain movies that they're going to be making. Sure. Um, I don't see that happening. It's by the point that that may potentially happen. It would have been what? 10 years since the amazing Spider-Man. Potentially. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, that could be interesting, but I, I don't, I don't personally, I don't think I see that happening. Sure. Um, but regardless, I do think Spider-Man in the MCU is interesting. Uh, we will get to something a little later, but I, there's an announcement they made that makes me think that Spider-Man in the MCU is uh, going to be having some changes coming up. But let's get back on track. Sure. Brie Larson returns as Carol Danvers in Captain Marvel 2, directed by Nia DaCosta. Joining the cast are Ms. Marvel's Aman Vellani, who is playing Kamala Khan. Uh, and Monica Rambeau, who we played by Tayoni Paris, who is playing the same character in WandaVision. And that is hitting November 11th, 2022. I have two things to say about this. Okay. 
Um, number one, I'm really not very excited about this. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I rewatched Captain Marvel again recently, and I was like, okay, that's that's MCU. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not very convinced by Carol Dan- Danvers as a character. But um, hopefully they flesh her out more in this movie. But number two, uh, Pat Maroney called it, called it, called it when he said the young character in Captain Marvel would show up again. And I was like, ah, no, that's just a character that would show up like in like that one movie and that's it. Mm -hmm. And like, she has been recast and is going to be like seemingly an integral character in the MCU. And I just want to shout him out because he nailed that. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Pat. Um, I'm excited to the point where I would like to see them do a second attempt at captain marvel because i liked captain marvel i i love brie larson and i really think that given a second shot she'd be able to really flex even more with the character because like i think we see this a lot where out the gate in the mcu sometimes the first movie doesn't hit the way you want it to like i think we get exceptions obviously with like iron man black panther but yeah you brought up thor i love thor one but (laughs) it's a good point you know it's a he's chris hemsworth plays a dramatically different character like it's not even the same Mm -hmm. in in ragnarok and endgame and infinity war that character is not thor from uh, the 2000 what 10 or 11 thor like it is dramatically different so um there is precedent for that to happen with characters and uh i do hope they improve the writing of of carol's uh character because i just didn't really connect with her at all sure she was just kind of good for the sake of being good and i think that's a lot of issues with characters in modern movies where they just don't have an identity sure um and next up we're getting back into disney plus officially kate bishop is coming to the mcu will be played by Haley steinfeld she's joining jeremy renner in the hawkeye series um I'm super excited for this. There's been some set photos that have come out recently. I love the look they're going for. Uh, it is giving me major Matt Fraction vibes, and I this might be one of my most excited for pieces of content that they've talked about in the past year or so. Yeah, I'm with you. I love Haley Steinfeld in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, go watch Bumblebee if you haven't. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you were mentioning this is essentially just the Iron Giant. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for her to take on that character. Um, like what we said about her character last week, like that's an important character that not a lot of people know about in the game in particular, very similar to what it's doing with, um, Ms. Marvel. Like not a lot of people know about it. The game is introducing a lot of people to them and then their own, um, particular series is like really like exploding that character and like making that character very important. Um, and I think we'll see that with Kate Bishop, and I'm I'm really excited for Haley Steinfeld to tackle that because I think she's excellent. Yeah. Also, I'm seeing this right next to the announcement on what's happening on Twitter. It's her birthday, so happy birthday, Haley Steinfeld! Oh, happy birthday! Um, but yeah, also like Hawkeye in the comics and even in the game is very different from Jeremy Renner Hawkeye. And while I like him at times in the MCU, I never think he's really shown so. Maybe this is a nice swan song for him to really just get a really solid Hawkeye performance in there before he passes the torch, you know? Yeah, I I think you're right. 
it's like let him go be with his family on the farm yeah age of ultron i still think is his best and then civil war is like right behind that <laughs> so yeah i think he he did a good job in uh end game sure but yeah, yeah. I, I agree i don't think he's really had a, a good spotlight on him absolutely um continuing the disney plus train though uh no dates on these by the way so hawkeye doesn't have a date uh and she hulk does not have a date either. Once again, we learned earlier this year that Tatiana Maslany uh, will be playing Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk. Um, she, I think she was in Orphan Black, that show where she like played like six versions of the same person. Okay. So I know people really love her. Um, what's interesting, though, is that Tim Roth is returning as the Abomination and Mark Ruffalo will appear in the series as the Hulk. Yeah, the Tim Roth news, I think, is the most out of left field announcement from from this whole uh presentation because like the incredible hulk movie in 2008 is canon but it's also like questionably canon (laughs) you know like like yes all that happened but like i I would never have thought that they would reference anything from that movie aside from like thunderbolt ross Mm -hmm. um but yeah they're bringing back abomination apparently that's cool yeah and it's interesting like Similar to what you said at the top of all this, what Feige was talking about, like, yeah, if you're getting Abomination and Hulk, these are MCU movies, you know, they're movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, definitely. So th- that's cool. I-, I wonder if, I'd assume timeline-wise, it's going to be Professor Hulk, you know, with his out-of-operation arm at this point. But yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moon Knight, an original series about a complex vigilante, is coming to Disney+. Plus. Nothing else on that tweet. No confirmation about the rumored um, Oscar Isaac mm-hmm. playing Moon Knight. I was thinking maybe that has to do with if that deal wasn't complete, maybe he signed to play Snake in the Metal Gear movie, and that may have conflicted with this. Like maybe that was a toss up between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, it it kind of struck out stuck out to me as being weird that they didn't announce officially that he was um taking on that role yeah so that first off i think that tells me that the series is far out there um true so interesting uh i would love if oscar isaac was actually attached to this because moon knight is a super cool character that i want to learn more about i've only you know i've read about him before i play i saw him in a game once when i was younger and i've read like one moon knight comic but as someone who's a fan of batman uh moon knight has the potential to be cooler i think so yeah and i I was listening to the actual presentation um kevin feige was talking about like sort of um he suffers from like multiple like personality disorder is that Mm -hmm. correct yes okay that i mean if if they handle that well that could be really interesting to uh sort of tackle Mm-hmm. I know also it involves like the Egyptian gods and stuff like that. So again, more content that the Marvel universe really hasn't tackled on screen. Yeah. But this one seems huge. <laughs> I don't know. Why. Yeah. They describe this as the a civil war esque like event. So Samuel L. Jackson is back as Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn from Captain Marvel returns as Talos, the scroll in Marvel studios, original series, secret invasion. Can you explain this to me and other people who aren't familiar with Secret Invasion? I assume this has to do with, like, scrolls, like, messing with people. Yes. So as far as I know, because I haven't experienced the comic run, 
I know Secret Invasion is tied to Secret Wars, and Secret Wars yep. was a Marvel Comics event in the 90s that was created to sell toys. It's infamously bad, but it's been retooled, I think, at times to be interesting. As far as I know, what Secret Invasion is, is the idea of the Skrulls coming to Earth and replacing prominent Marvel heroes, and they're just, like, a sleeper agent at that point. So, like, for instance, you could say, like, I don't think they'll go this way, but you could say that the Iron Man that we saw from the beginning of Iron Man 1 to his death in Endgame was a scroll. Like, that is the reveal level in the comics. It's like, hey, from this issue, this number, this entire run up to this point, it was a scroll in the position of this Marvel hero. And... They gotta be careful. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm very curious to see the way they adapt this, because obviously mcu civil war is not the comic civil war at all no but this is this is super cool i think it's awesome to see samuel jackson back considering agents of shield was a show for almost a decade and he showed up one time (laughs) yeah and uh so this is a series Mm -hmm. um i was just wondering that and it seems like he will take on the role that he was at the end of uh, was it far from home yes. or okay where he essentially is operating as the sword operative which is um similar to shield but it's more on the attack role rather than the defensive yes also deals with uh extraterrestrial threats so right um that's really cool again we're getting into the very weird aspects of phase four um where they're going all out and they're going all out with characters that we're not super familiar with, which we'll get into um, momentarily. But yeah, I think I'm with you like them marketing this as a big event, similar to like civil war has me very excited for this one. Yeah. I honestly think too, that the idea of doing secret invasion as a series could be very cool because if it is an event and it's like a multi-week event, the way Mandalorian has like a communal experience to it. I think that could be super cool. Definitely. And this might leave some bad taste in people's mouths, but stick with me. Um, I like the idea of them doing a movie across like six different chapters, similar to how uh, Zack Snyder is doing the (laughs) um, sort of Snyder cut Mm -hmm. with his thing, where he's basically just like chopping that up into like, was it like four hour parts or whatever, Mm -hmm. like chapters in a way. Um, I think that could be really interesting. Like you're still taking the same budget of a theatrical release, but splitting it up, um, hopefully the same budget. I don't know. I would assume Marvel has just so much money. They don't even know what to do with. Um, but again, we have seen like the Mandalorian. You can sort of tell like the budget has been restrictive in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, but with, um, I keep forgetting, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I want to say Captain America, but it's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, they're shooting on location more so, way more so than uh, the Mandalorian is, at least from what I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that tells me that um, I think the budget is is going to uh, the right cause there, and uh, hopefully we can expect the same level of quality from those. For sure. Next series is Ironheart. The tweet reads, Dominique Thorne is a genius inventor, Riri Williams, in Ironheart, an original series about the creator of the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man. Do you know anything about Ironheart? 
I know Riri Williams is a character who's honestly pretty recent. Like, I think within the last five years. Um, she, I think she goes to MIT and she created a Iron Man suit as a project. And I believe she, like, hacked into Stark Industries to, like, use some tech or something. And in doing that, she was able to, like, download an AI of Tony Stark. And, like, he was, like, a mentor to her. So I'm wondering if they approach it with that sort of thing in mind at all or what, but I'm excited for this, yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like having an Iron Man-like character now that he's gone, it, I mean, that's really interesting. And again, like I like um, superhero movies like sort of skewing younger and that's definitely present with this character. So, yeah. Yeah, I would also say, too, if they do touch on Tony Stark as a mentor in a way, I honestly, I think with the time that has passed, if they got Robert Downey Jr. back to do a step into like a Jarvis-like role, I'd kind of like that, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it would be easy for them to convince him to do like, hey, can you do like 10 lines of dialogue Yeah, as like a hologram? and you can just film it wherever like mm-hmm. i think that's possible yeah and i i don't think that would retread because i know that conversation happened after endgame but like honestly i don't think that would take away from anything they've done with his character yeah i'm with you continuing on with the spirit of iron man though we have armor wars don Cheadle returns as james rhodes aka war machine in armor wars an original series coming to disney plus a classic Marvel story about Tony Stark's worst fear coming true. What happens when his tech falls into the wrong hands? We know next to nothing about this, but I am so excited. For Bring this. that premise is awesome. Back, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I mean they could. I would not if they're bringing back Tim Roth as the <laughs> Abomination. I think they could bring back Sam Rockwell. That would be cool. Yeah, because you'd assume also if it's tied in with Ironheart, maybe, then you could get um, Ironheart involved with War Machine and have both of them sort of defend the legacy of Iron Man. I think that could be a cool series, you know? Definitely. I agree. Um, You mentioned a minute ago, though, about uh, so much money they don't know what to do with. The -hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. James Gunn is back to write and direct. It's coming to Disney Plus in 2022. Hell yeah. This is awesome. This is I'm the so coolest for this. <laughs> this is the coolest yeah. thing. Here, here's my pitch for this. Okay. I think, again, this is going to be really silly, but like knowingly so and like purposefully so. Mm-hmm. I think um, Star-Lord, once like, does this come out before Guardians 3? Yes. Do we know? Okay. I think okay. that's why it exists. Alright, this might blow my uh, theory, but I feel like <laughs> Starlord would be like explaining Christmas to the the Guardians and everyone's like what's Christmas and then he has to like try and like put on this awesome Christmas for them or something like that um that could be really fun Jackie sold me yeah wouldn't that be cool yeah because they've been Space to Christmas they've been to Earth now maybe they go to like Rockefeller Center <laughs> you know oh yeah dude oh we need to see more Guardians on the Earth yeah like hijinks ensue it's, it's really cool, too, because James Gunn tweeted about this, and he said, this is something I've been talking to Kevin Feige about wanting to do for years, and they finally said yes. And I do think it's probably existing because the Guardians 
kind of got screwed over, man. Like, I know Infinity War was like a Guardians 2.5, essentially, but mm-hmm. between the mishandling of James Gunn and all the COVID delays and everything, like, Guardians Volume 3, I think, isn't hitting, and they didn't even talk about it at the meeting. So, like... Yeah. That's like a 2024 movie, probably. Yeah. Or 20... Yeah, probably, at this point. So checking in with the guardians for like maybe an hour long holiday special in 2022 is going to be incredibly jolly yeah um did they say it's live action i would imagine I, if james gunn is back i think yes all right yeah i mean i think this will probably be of better quality than the recent star wars holiday special but i think it'll follow like the similar sort of tone and in levity and um yeah man it's i'm i'm excited for that one sure because i do think also um James Gunn mentioned he was like as a kid I loved the terrible Star Wars holiday special so like it's inspired him. <laughs> so nice. It's gonna be fun. Uh, sticking okay. with the Guardians though, we're getting Baby Groot, a series of shorts on Disney Plus featuring several new and unusual characters. Um, that's all we have about it. We have a logo. I don't know if it's live action or animated, but there we go. Yeah, it's a fun little thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not like super stoked for this, but I uh, of course I'll watch it. Another casting confirmation. Academy Award winning actor Christian Bale will join the cast of Thor Love and Thunder as the villain Gore the God Butcher in theaters May 6th, 2022. I thought we already knew Christian Bale would be there. I think I think it was either heavily rumored or something, but we um we now know who he's playing, you know, because it was rumored like, hey, yeah. is he gonna be a villain? Like, what is it? Um the idea of Taika Waititi directing Christian Bale as a villain in a Thor movie is, yes, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Wow, Batman's in the MCU. Yeah. Um. That's cool. Uh. Do you know anything about Gore the God Butcher? I've heard the name. I know for a fact. I have heard the name Gore in Marvel. Um. I don't know anything else about them, but. Yeah, that's it. I honestly, I kind of was hoping that he was going to be playing like Beta Ray Bill or something. But, mm. you know, I think he might have been one of the faces in the uh, Hulk arena, maybe. Okay. But. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure what his role has been in the, uh, the rest of the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Another one. Because again, it does not stop. Another one. <laughs> Peyton Reed over here. is back to direct the third Ant-Man film, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, and Michelle Pfeiffer all return. Catherine Newton joins the cast as Cassie Lang, and Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> this is the worst movie title I have ever ja, heard. Come on. <laughs> Quantumania? No thanks. First I... of all... Okay. I'm very excited for this movie, but that is a terrible name. I think this is the best title in the MCU. Dude, no. Can you <laughs> tell me worst. can you tell me a better movie name in the MCU than Quantumania for an Ant-Man almost, movie? Almost any. <laughs> Quantumania is just so silly. That's like a, I get it. But that's that's what the Ant-Man movies are. They're always this sort of like weird inconsequential silly skit, you know? Yeah, um, I think it's also the logo that they put out for it looks like Shark Boy Lava Girl esque, <laughs> like sure. logo, 
And I'm like, all right, I don't know about that. But um, you know my undying love for Ant-Man and the Wasp, mm-hmm. so I'm very excited for this Sans <laughs> title. Yeah, yeah I, I clearly, I love the title. I think it's incredible. Um, I really like the Ant-Man movies, like, their comfort I love both of them. I'm totally. I'm so glad we're getting a third one because it was not guaranteed. Um, but Kang the Conqueror is very very interesting because yeah. Do you want to explain them to me? So Kang the Conqueror is a big um, celestial threat on the level of a Thanos in a way, to mm. the point where a lot of people were wondering, hey, who's the next big bad for the MCU? I still wanted to be Doctor Doom, but I. I really think it might be Kang the Conqueror, or maybe the next Avengers movie is about Kang the Conqueror, but um, he's typically fought the Fantastic Four, which is interesting. Um, I know, I think he's a descent, like a far future descendant of Reed Richards. Hmm. But so he's he's a human character, just like in the um, in the quantum realm. Is that how they're? probably gonna tackle this probably yeah like i think time travel is gonna be on the table again in this one because kang the conqueror kang the conqueror i believe is a celestial in a way but he is a descendant of reed richards still so i don't know how they're gonna tackle that i'm not super familiar with him but i believe in dr strange the original one one of uh baron mordo's weapons you know when he's like training strange and he's like this is my weapon it found me um i mm. think what either his staff that he used or one of the weapons he mentioned was a weapon of kang the conqueror i see so interesting yeah so i don't know the extent of that i could see him be the next avengers villain but um hmm. next up uh i will hold on they also touched on black panther 2 they said black panther 2 is coming 2022 uh they are not recasting chadwick boseman as, as t'challa but they're going to be exploring the other characters of Wakanda and honoring his legacy in that way. Yeah. Um, good. Good move. Don't recast. Um, that's just not. That would be very distasteful. I think. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I wonder how they'll tackle this. I I I always hate talking about this because like, <laughs> it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh. But yeah, it, it will be interesting to see how they tackle this. It's also interesting to see how they'll tackle Sherry, given her recent, the actress's recent um, tweets. Yeah. So I don't even know if that will even factor into it. I, uh, maybe by the time that's out, that's like just n- nothing that and the MCU uh, or Marvel really focuses on. Um, but yeah, th- this will be a, an interesting, um, interesting movie. Definitely. Yeah, because... I think for a lot of people, there's been speculation of like, there's a world where in universe they can carry on the role of Black Panther in terms of having a character from Wakanda be present in the rest of the MCU. Mm -hmm. Um, I would honestly, I'm kind of surprised they didn't pivot a little bit, even though maybe like in title, because they could still do that. But um, if it was about like, the Dora Milaje or something and like focus on Okoye or something like I think that's what they might still do but yeah I, I'm I'm glad Ryan Coogler is still involved I'm glad they're tackling it in like the best way they can but definitely you're right. um I mean I have faith like what you were saying with with Ryan Coogler involved mm-hmm. um 
I think out of <laughs> any of the movies we've discussed, this is by far the most important mm-hmm. culturally and just impactfully. Um, so it seems like they are at least trying to handle it delicately given the situation. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for this one. For sure. Um, finally, I believe this is the last announcement. Um, this is one I am very excited about. I'm the, the director choice I'm happy with. I am glad we're getting this first instead of the X-Men because I do think this could be killer if it's done right. Fantastic Four from John Watts, the director of the Spider-Man movies for the MCU. Yeah, it's funny. We were talking about John Watts last week. Um, I was saying that I wasn't really impressed by the direction of the Spider-Man movies in the MCU. Mm -hmm. Like nothing really stood out to me as being like, wow, this is, this, this director really took like creative liberties and like, he didn't shine like the way James Gunn did or Taika Waititi did, I think in particular, right? or the Russo brothers. Um, like great movies and he did a seemingly a good job as a director, but like, I didn't feel his energy in those movies in the same way I did with those other directors I mentioned. Um, so to me, this seems like a safe move more than anything. Um, I don't think I can sense his creativity in the two movies he's made. Um, but it's clear that he's made two good movies mm-hmm. and two, one great movie and another good movie, I think. Um, so I, it seems like they're pulling from, it seems like Kevin Feige's like pulling from like the Marvel, uh, director's directory <laughs> and just mm-hmm. being like oh you're good i know you can you're trustworthy i know you can handle this let's mm-hmm. see what you can do see i'll i'll differ there a little bit where i think what john watts did really well with spider-man is that he made it grounded in a way that the spider-man in movies has really not been in a long time so i think it might have needed that for homecoming at least and i think with what I like that he brings is I, I do think he has an eye for like not like whatever weird generation we are, like our humor. I think he gets it. Like, I think he gets like the YouTube humor that we used to watch growing up. I think he understands that. So like, yeah, but I think that is inherent with Spider-Man and like his role as a, a high schooler where like i don't know how that will fit into the fantastic four sure yeah i think like i think that was in particular to the those movies right what i'm saying is that i think he understood what spider-man needed you know and like he was able to like flex around that you know Mm -hmm. in the same way yeah sorry i think the fantastic four need that handling right now they need somebody who like at a ground level understands the fantastic four the way john watts at a ground level understood spider-man and he can deliver on what in the meta looking at this movie franchise what these characters need right now you know hmm. yeah especially after two pretty disastrous uh, attempts at the fantastic four yeah because um, I, I do think you're right that he was like a safe choice i think but i think that's what it needed the way homecoming needed that you know what i mean yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I, I by no means think he's a bad director. Um, but I do think, like what you're saying, you kind of sold me on him. Like, by the end of this movie, I think we will start to understand John Watts's like, tone and, like, his direction in movies. Um, which, personally, I just don't, like what I've been saying, I don't feel like we've seen that mm-hmm. with the Spider-Man movies. Um, 
But I think, like, holistically, now that he's tackling a different project within the MCU, I think his his voice will probably shine um, a little bit more, um, given that he's taking on, like, a different project. I want to see, like, what he does uh, for the Fantastic Four and how that differs from Spider-Man. Because, mm-hmm. I mean... Um, okay. Sorry. I was going to say, like, how do you feel about... Um, they haven't announced any castings for this, but given the fan castings in another Disney property of the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. which is essentially all coming true at this point, um, I feel like I'm somewhat confident that the John Krasinski and um, Emily, I'm forgetting her last name. Emily Blunt. Blunt, uh, thank you, casting of Mr. and Mrs. Richard. Richards, sorry, I'm not very familiar with the characters. Um, but I feel like that is a very real possibility. Yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, I I do think, I saw when um, the actor playing, I'm forgetting his name, but the actor playing um, Kang the Conqueror was cast. Since he is a descendant of um, Reed Richards, I remember Twitter blowing up and being like, oh, they cast a black guy to play Kang the Conqueror. So all these... Oh racist marvel fans are gonna freak out when reed richards ends up being a black man um i i would i would prefer if it is a black man just have a a just totally different take on the fantastic four which i think historically have just been all white (laughs) yeah except for the most previous one mm -hmm. so i could see a world like i could see a world absolutely where um reed richards and emily blunt are both white people you know i could see it be uh john krasinski and emily blunt because I think those are perfect. I think it depends on what they want to do with the Fantastic Four. When I was a kid, I loved the Fantastic Four. Like, they were some of my favorite Marvel characters growing up. Um, I kind of fell off them because I don't. I feel like they never really evolved in a way. Um, they've always sort of just been that campy group. And I, I think this could position it in a way that makes it work. Um so I, I'm very curious to see the ambition here. I'm curious if it's going to position them as like the center point of the MCU moving forward, which if they nail it, I'd kind of love because I do think that considering they're basically Marvel's first group, that could be huge. Um, and as a fan of them, I think if they do it well, that could be awesome. I do think it will eventually lead to Doctor Doom being sort of the next big bad which would also be great, but yeah, I could see them going a variety of routes with this. I don't know what is the best choice, whether that's to play it safe or reinvent them, but I'm excited for it. I think that's why. Yeah, same. Um, I was thinking, like, after Endgame, I was like, all right, they basically got, like, the main points they want to get across from the comics and translating that into the movie universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but now since they have like the rights to almost everything at this point, it seems like they still have, the well is still not dry. Like they have the Fantastic Four. Um, Kevin Feige has announced that the X-Men will eventually be integrated into the MCU. Mm -hmm. Um, that's probably a phase five thing. Um, almost definitely. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, this is, this is good. It, It doesn't seem like they're like sort of scraping the bottom of the barrel um it's not that like it's not like they were when they announced the phase four in um 2019 but it we still have these like big names in the marvel universe that we could still pull from um to sort of tie everything together 
So it's exciting. I still think this is going to be the weirdest phase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> still, this kind of confirmed that. It's like, wow, quantum manium. <laughs> quantum mania. Like, that's weird. And any of the multiverse stuff I think is going to be bizarre, but I think hopefully they'll make it work because mm-hmm. they explain time travel in the most concise way possible in Endgame. Um, so I'm confident, but it's going to be weird. It's going to be a weird acid trip of a ride. Yeah, I I agree. I think Phase 4 is going to be super weird. I think specifically with the Fantastic Four, I'm glad they're doing this first uh, as opposed to the X-Men because if it's done right, I do think the Fantastic Four can be like the, the center point of the MCU moving forward. And I think the X-Men, like you said, are the next phase. And I think everything we're doing right now is just sort of fleshing out more dealing with repercussions of the first three phases and if we can all just like come together on fantastic four and use that as a launching point for the next big step which i think it will be considering that they deal with again dr doom they deal with galactus they deal with the silver surfer they deal with like everything cosmic and terrestrial as well with dr doom being such a thorn in like so many marvel runs like i i think done right Fantastic Four is going to be fantastic, and um, <laughs> it will just lead to the next big phase with the X-Men and everything like that. And I agree, it's going to be weird. With the absence of the MCU in this past year, mm-hmm. um, for me, and I can almost guarantee for you too, I could probably speak for you, that it's been noticeable. Yeah. Um, and in a way, it's good. I like the break. But also, in the same breath, like it's sad, like because... You, me, and Pat last year, like, had this huge, like, connection through the MCU. Mm-hmm. And, like, it culminated in, like, almost, like, the perfect ending. Yeah. Like, I don't think we could have asked for a better ending to that, the first season of the show mm-hmm. with Endgame. Um, so, it's, like, that has been noticeably absent in this year. Um, especially in this fucking shitty year mm-hmm. that 2020 has been. Um, that, yeah, 2021, I think, is going to be very exciting for the MCU starting off with WandaVision carrying through, I think phase four maybe lasts till 2023, maybe 2024. Is that right? Um, I'm not sure dates. Oh, worth mentioning at some point, they also talked about blade that's still coming. I think, right. I think when they revealed blade, Kevin Feige said it's the first phase five project. So yeah. Um, man, I, <laughs> I Googled phase four and I came up with, a. Uh, covid stuff but um yeah i remember when they announced it last year phase four it was 2021 and 2022 and i was like they're doing a full phase in like or 2020 2021 2022 and i'm like that full phase is only like those couple years like that is very quick um but it seems like they announced more stuff and i would presume it's phase four unless do you know if this is phase five stuff some of this that they announced i don't know i could see if what works in my head with fantastic four being the culmination i could see that be the end of phase four yeah and then launching off of that phase five we get like blade the x-men um some sequels to some of this stuff but yeah i I think a safe bet i do think honestly also just because it's funny i think they want to end phase four with fantastic four so Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and there was I was watching a new Rockstars video about all this. Mm-hmm. 
And um, you probably remember this at the end of uh, Far From Home where at like the very end sequence where he's swinging around with um, MJ, you see in the very background of mm-hmm. the construction site, like one, two, and three, and then we can't wait to show you what's next and it's four. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's phase four, obviously. Um, and it is, but it could also be related to Fantastic Four because I'm sure there were discussions about that happening um at that time yeah I, so, that's cool I, I do think there was a rumor a while back that um tony sold stark tower to like uh reed richards or something and that was going to be the the baxter building or whatever to to mm-hmm. spawn a fantastic four out of but yeah it's exciting i i like all the things we heard i am excited for a few projects more than others but overall i'm glad we know what's coming um i'm surprised by some of the announcements i'm curious to see what the roadmap looks like in terms of releases because i know like guardians quantumania and fantastic four are some of the most excited i am and love and thunder but like all those are a ways out so yeah we will see what happens but do you have any final words on phase four jack um i'm excited for this podcast to presumably take a similar role of jedi knights where we talk about something for a little bit and then at the end of the show we talk about whatever episode just aired Mm -hmm. for a while um that has me excited because within like the past month of this show has been man there's been not a lot to talk about for marvel's avengers and it'll be cool to like sort of supplement um stuff from the mcu into this show yeah, and ideally, you know, with how Crystal keeps talking about their roadmap, uh, now that most of the issues from launch are settled, that we will settle into a, more of a substantial content drop. So this is going to be nonstop Marvel and uh, hopefully nonstop conversation around what they're doing and how it's being received. But uh, until then, where can the Agents of Excelsior find you? Sure. You can follow me on social media at Fascinated Jack. How about you, Christian? You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at Chris N. Buckley. This show is available on youtube.com slash joyclicks. If you want the video version of the podcast, it is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your podcast service of choice. We are the world's number one Marvel's Avengers podcast, so rating and reviewing the show helps us keep it that way. We appreciate you all for listening, as always, every week. If you want to get involved even further, though, patreon.com slash joyclicks at the $1, 2 or $5 tiers, you can get a variety of rewards, including producer credit like Aaron Easton does. So thank you very much. And um, I think that's going to do it. Do you think we get more Marvel news over the next week, or do you think this is it? I I think everyone is hunkering down for Christmas. I'm looking at everyone's like social media from like from bands to different brands to companies and stuff. stuff. They're like right now they're like it's christmas now like yeah yeah, we have like a week or two left but i'm we're done we're done so yeah i think i think that'll do it yeah well uh until next time excelsior excelsior